0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Daughters of Change podcast. Today, we have in the studio with us the fabulous, fantastic, fantabulous—got a mix of those two words. Beth Doloff. Beth, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited, Beth. We've been talking about doing this for a while, and we finally everything aligned—the stars, the planets. Yes. And here we are. Welcome to the Daughters of Change podcast. I'm your host, Marie Sola. Each week, we'll be bringing you stories from around the globe of the women and girls who are changing the world, each in their own unique way. Beth Doloff is changing the conversation and releasing stigma surrounding mental health by speaking about being a survivor of suicide and representing the National Mental Health Alliance Speakers Bureau, as well as starting her company, Standard Badge, after her husband took his life in 2017. Since then, she has had many opportunities for growth and has learned to be attuned to her core values to guide her through the most challenging of times. Beth has a true love for learning and appreciation for meeting and truly connecting with people. And she continues to do both at every opportunity, approaching each interaction as a way to serve others in kindness and love. You never know what a difference you are making in a person's life with just one small act of generosity and grace. Wow. That's beautiful, Beth. I love, that's really, really well said.
1: Thank and,
0: you. And you know, I know it hasn't been an easy path, but you're certainly out there making stuff happen. Um, and kudos to you.
1: Thank you. It's, it's very intentional on my part. It's become, um, it's become my life, and uh, it's, it's a choice that I've made since my life has changed so much um, since coming here um, in 2017, moving to Maine, and, and having, a, having a whole new experience as to what my life could be. You know, with a big change, you, you can open up or you can shut down. Um, and I just chose to open up.
0: Yeah, and oh boy, Beth, I'm I'm watching you just sail. It's really been it's been a beautiful thing to watch. And I I met you when you first came here. You know, we grabbed a cup of coffee, and um, you know, things were just starting to bubble up for you. And in that short period of time, boy, you've really gone from a little bit of wind under your wings to flying. And one of the things um, that you've done is start and created standard badge. So what I'd like to do is just give the listeners a little bit of an overview about what standard badge is. We'll come back to it a little bit later and talk about it in more detail because I'd really love to talk about your journey, a little bit more about your journey and how you got here and and what are those those things that have helped to bring you along, you know, because we all have challenges while we're starting something new. And I think Sometimes, when we meet somebody like you who's already soaring, um we don't realize that there might have been some starts and stops along the way or some challenges that you faced as well. so Absolutely. we'll we'll get into all of that. So just a little bit about standard badge. and then we're then we're going to get down and dirty and throw the notes away and just just uh, get real and have a conversation. Here's something that Beth wrote about standard badge. Core values are what lead you through the most difficult challenges in life and the way to gain immediate clarity in any situation. By identifying your core values, you can share who you are and what you stand for. What inspires you? What are your deal breakers? What lines can't be crossed? Who are you? We all crave understanding to belong and connect. Own your own power. Accept your role. Be vulnerable, true, authentic, and real. Two years ago, my husband lost his life and it could be said that it was mental illness or addictions that killed him. I know better. It was the lack of connection, connection to his core values. Don't get lost in the noise. Your music is playing. Listen, tune in, share your values with the world. Getting to soul level can be as easy as wearing a t-shirt. So with that being said, Beth, has some phenomenal t-shirts that uh, we're going to get into more about the sayings on them and what they're all about. Uh, But with each and every sale of a standard badge product, we donate 20% of the proceeds to the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Their work is critical to reducing stigma and creating conversations within the community on how how to best help, love, and support someone you care about who is suffering from a mental illness. So this is all coming full circle and everything you're doing. I mean, you're out there speaking um, yourself for NAMI, which is the Mm -hmm. National Association of Mental Illness, um, and through your work and Mm -hmm. everything you're doing. So I, I love the fact that everything you're touching is giving back. It's it's the daughter change way, right? So
1: absolutely,
0: so we will get more into detail about standard badge and the products. And obviously, we'll have everything in the show notes so people can find find you and find um your website. But let's talk a little bit about the journey, Beth, because I know it's been, you know, it hasn't always been easy. So talk about where you started and how you're sitting in this chair today having this conversation with me
1: what well, where I started was, um in the darkest. Deepest depression and um, sadness and grief that I had ever thought. I I mean, and ever imagined. Losing a spouse is something that um, is just uh, shakes your entire world. Everything is different. Um, You know, losing a parent is a is is a big big loss. But losing a spouse, it's every single thing that you had known changes overnight, and. We had been struggling for such a long time with him, with uh, his mental illness. He had bipolar disorder, which in turn he self-medicated with alcohol and prescription drugs. And so our lives were never stable um, in any long-term way. Stability might be a week or a month. But I'd always had to learn to um, to make our lives as good as they could be, but it was never good. It never seemed to be quite good enough to keep everything together. And so we, we all kind of suffered through uh, a really long period of darkness and 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 hard times before he passed away. And then once he did die, uh, it was a it, it was shocking how how difficult it was to pull myself out of that that place of grief it wasn't completely unexpected that he would commit suicide since he had he had attempted that before but um it, you just don't you don't know what you don't know um so it's i started at a place of um basically you know being completely decimated um and i hate to use the word decimated or you know destroyed but i was like an embryo <laughs> i was starting over um, and in every single way, and I had to make intentional choices on what I was going to do with my life and how I wanted to live my life and and what was going to be the most important things to me. Um, but that also included my children and what was going to be most important and, and significant to them and and to try to create a stable life um, for them moving forward. Um, and giving back and being in service, I found to be, probably the most helpful thing that I could possibly do for not only for others, but for myself. Um, And not knowing that going in, but wow, it just changes everything.
0: And so did that happen? Was there an aha moment that you said, okay, I'm going to go and start giving back and that will make me feel better? Was there a catalyst or was it something that just sort of Unexpectedly, or should I change that word to like a synchronicity that something opened up in front of you and you stepped into it, and then it brought you on your path.
1: I think that I had been, um, I had gone to uh, a Tony Robbins event before my husband passed away, right before um, uh, at uh, UPW in in New York, and then I'd uh, also went a few months after he died um, to another one and. It's a really um it's a time where you can really look inside yourself and see what's important to you. And we don't take the time to do that. I mean, there's just too many distractions. Um, and so being able to just get inside of your head and and release the things that that you thought you were true about yourself and are no longer true or uh, are complete lies that somebody has put there for you to internalize and take with you um, on your journey. Um, and then i I was just, you know, I had learned about core values so much during those those events. and I thought, why are we not teaching our children about their core values? Why do I why do I not know this? Why is this not something because it's so simple, how you can, no, if you're not in, in alignment with your core values, you're not going to be happy. It's the simplest thing. So if you take the time to think about what's really important to you and look at it and say, am I doing this? Am I making this happen? Is this, is this part of my life right now? And if it's not, how can I change it to make it part of my life? Or how can I bring this into my universe? That's going to open you up to so many things that you didn't even realize were waiting for you because you're in alignment with what you really truly believe and want in your heart not what someone else has told you you want um and not what someone else is or not maybe even something that you've grown into that you don't even realize that you've become this other person you know we we start our lives with um you know when we're kids they say what do you want to be when you grow up and you're like gosh the it's the world is full of endless possibilities. I could be whatever I want, right? <laughs> yeah. And then after you go through life for a while, you kind of become, you don't, it seems a lot of people don't become what they thought they were going to be, or they don't reach, reach their full potential because of roadblocks or circumstance or or what their belief system has become over the years um, because of hurt or disappointment or loss and uh and you can change all of that you just have to decide and so deciding to change that um has made all the difference in my life
0: and it's it's scary when you decide to change it to a certain extent mm-hmm. and and also i think everybody sort of has their own threshold for i don't know if you want to call it risk but but thinking outside of the boundaries of what we've been told is the way to live our lives right so yes you and I had a really good conversation about this the other day about deciding that you're going to just go out there and do that thing that is inside of you, that core those core values and follow those and and stop maybe following you know the lies you've been told about the way you have to live your life, you know, mm-hmm. inside of this very linear box of you know you you do this you work here for you know you never you, you don't take risk right um because you have to be responsible right but it but you have to be responsible to yourself and if you're not being true to your core values you're always going to have that dissonance in between it, it's it's going to be really hard to be happy
1: absolutely absolutely and i saw my husband struggling with his work he wasn't happy with his work and, and he didn't feel like he could do anything else or make a change that would be um, okay for him and for the family to do. And so, um, gosh, I wish he had, you know. I wish he had done that. But I want, that's why I just want um, people to be happy. And, and following your bliss, whatever that is, shouldn't involve other people's expectations of of what what you should be doing with your life, because life is short. And if there's anybody who's found that out, that's me. Um, living that, um, losing somebody like that, wow, it's a it's a real eye opener. And and I look at life in a much different way than uh, probably a lot of people do because of that loss. Um, I think everything should be. Fun. <laughs> I don't think that there should be um there there should be a a difficult thing like you know, doing even the mundane tasks of life can be fun. Um it doesn't have to be a struggle. It doesn't have to be difficult. Um and, and it doesn't have to be full of fear because what are we afraid of? You know, we're all going to die.
0: Yeah. Basically.
1: No, I mean we're not getting
0: out of it, right? We're not unless somebody has a found a youth out there or the you know, no. which I, I don't think I want right now. I'd rather have a couple of lessons and get a rest in between. But <laughs> but I seriously, I mean we are going. We we're we're all going to die. We are. You're yes. not escaping it.
1: No, this is this is for taxes. Yeah, this is for a, too long. No, this is a finite thing that we have mm-hmm. called life. And what are you waiting for? <laughs> what are you waiting for? I just don't understand it. People are so complacent in their in their lives, and they're not happy, and they're not doing what they love, and they're not making a difference, and they're not pushing themselves in any way whatsoever. And it's painful to watch. And I would rather fail in a really big way than live in a in a small, tiny way, and not ever try to do something fantastic or love the most that I possibly can or be the best parent that I possibly can or anything that I want to do, I want to do it as big as possible because it's just, why not? Yeah, I just don't understand that the, the limitations that we place upon ourselves are devastating in the long run. They really are. These These stories we tell ourselves about what we can and cannot do, that's just a story. You know, but a belief is a powerful thing. And so whatever you believe is true is true. Yeah. If you believe you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You want you believe you can start a podcast? Absolutely you can. You believe you can start a company? Absolutely mm-hmm. you can. If you tell yourself you can do it, you can do it. There's just no way around it. And you won't stop until you do because desire is what's pushing you. And that desire is something that is internal, it's not external, so you have to have that desire within you to make that happen. No one can make it happen for you.
0: It, you know, it's really funny as you were saying that. I, w- I was thinking, where is it along the way? Um, and maybe it's the puritanical roots of of at least this country. Um, I can't speak for you know every country, but where did we decide that fun and responsibility? Or enjoyment and responsibility and work are separate things. You know, it's mm. almost like I think it's maybe Esther Hicks or somebody that talks about, you know, this very thing, follow, you know, follow your passion. Everything will work out if you're just awake and and thinking, you know, and moving it forward and not fearing everything. And I'm totally paraphrasing everything that Esther says, or I should say Abraham says, uh, but she talks about how we build statues for the people that suffer the most. It's like, Mm. okay, you know, I created this company, but I worked 35 hours a day, even though there's Mm -hmm. only 24 hours and I never saw my children (laughs) and I never saw my wife and, and, you know, everything fell to, fell to pieces, but I built this company. Mm -hmm. But where is that message that, you know what, maybe you were doing all that, but you were enjoying the hell out of it along the way and you were you were figuring out ways to build everything and, and everybody into it. So we have this this misnomer of of that work can't be fun and if it's fun, it's not work. Mm. And, and as you said, have fun no matter what you do, even the most mundane things. So it's like, okay, you were talking about raking the leaves, right, with your kids and right. having a lot of fun doing that rather than, oh, damn, we got to go out and rake the leaves. You know, it's a chore. Well, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not responsible if you're enjoying yourself or having fun. It's it's really funny the way – funny, ha-ha, <laughs> having fun with this though. The confines that are put around us and that we allow to have put around ourselves.
1: Sure. And like at, like raking the leaves, I look at that as an opportunity to connect, right? So my daughter and I get to spend some time together. We get to talk about things. Just like when I'm picking her up or, or dropping her off at school, I get to really – Talk to her and see how her day was and find out what's happening with her. That's really important um, as a parent to be able to connect with your kid in that way. And there's not a lot of quiet time and there's not a lot of time we we don't have a device in front of us or something like that. So there's an opportunity in everything that you're doing. It just, it just is. But you have to you have to be open to it and look for it. And if you shut down and say, there's no opportunity here before you even start or this is going to be terrible before you even start, where do you got to go from there?
0: Yeah. It's a choice. It's actually a choice yes. we make, and it's a conscious choice. And, and you know, I saw the stat and heard the stat recently from a couple of different people that we live like 40 to 90% of our lives unconsciously. Mm-hmm. And so even if we just average it out and say it's like, I don't know, 55%, mm-hmm. that's a big part of your day or your life to be going around without having intention mm. to it conscious intention and mm-hmm. and you make that choice it's like i have to do okay there's something that needs to be done so i can i can choose how i respond to this how i deal with it how i react to it and how i enjoy it or 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 what story I tell what story, what you said, what story I tell myself about it, right?
1: Right, right. Um, yeah. It's like like where I said before, it's about like the belief of what, what a thing is, that's exactly what it is. If like if you believe that I'm a bad person, well then I am a bad person. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you if you believe that the moon is made of green cheese, then it is because it's your belief. And the core beliefs are I mean something that like religion, um, those are that's all beliefs, right? It's just a belief, but you might believe differently than I do and I believe different than you do, but it's something that carries you through your entire life, right? Yeah. And it puts you on one path or another path, but it's just a belief. Yeah. And it's so interesting to see if I was born in Afghanistan or Israel or and not here to, you know, in a white middle-class family in Wisconsin, how would my life be? What would I believe? who would how, how would I choose to live my life? It, it would be a very different path for me, probably. Um, but it's interesting to think about that, like where you come from and and how you are going to accept or not accept what you've been born into and how you want to change things. Um, and I feel like we all, like the conscious choice of deciding, how you're going to live your life, you can do that right now. You can make that choice. I'm no longer going to—what I'm no longer going to accept, what I am going to change, what I'm going to do moving forward. And then writing things down and making it a concrete thing, just not just a a thought, making it an actual— intentional thing that you're writing down, you can look back to it. You can even put a, a sticky note on your mirror in, in the morning and say, today I am going to go out and do the best I can do because I want to help others. I want to serve. I want to love. I want to show kindness. Whatever's super important to you, put it right in front of you so you see it every day. Don't forget about what you're what you're here for on this earth. And that might be your core values you put on the mirror it reminds you of what's what you're really trying to do here. And if you live in those core values and live with your beliefs as part of your everyday life, things will change amazingly well for you and change in a way that you just you just look around and go is this is this actually a, a real thing? <laughs> yeah. Cuz it does. Things just fall into alignment.
0: They do. And the people that come into your path have similar core values. Mm-hmm. And I've found that big time since I started Daughters of Change. I mean, right. I just kind of opened it up. It's You know, I put it out there. Right. This, These are the types of people I want to meet, the types of women. Um, and, you know, there's men too, Honorary Daughters of Change. But these are the types of people I want to surround myself with. And interestingly enough, I actually, before I left my job and changed, took a drastic change in my life, I went through a course called Core Themes. Mm. And I was looking for um, – executive help, you know, job search and and what is it that you want to do and try to figure out what my next move was going to be. And I'm out there looking at coaches mm. and and I come across this core themes process. And I was thinking I was going to find it, you know, outside of Maine, but it was actually right here in my backyard. So the, the very thing we worked on was identifying my core themes because without those core themes, it didn't matter what job I did. It, if I wasn't meeting those core themes, I was not going to be happy. Correct. And those core themes carry over from your from your personal life to your work life. You know, I want to be of service. Well, that doesn't mean that your whole job is of service, but you have to have some aspect of that that you're able to give back. Autonomy right. was really important for me, which is why I ultimately decided to start my own company, you know, and, or why I always had jobs where I was in sales or working virtually because, you know, we all have those core themes. And it's, it's so great to hear you talking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that... Has become a core theme for you is the service and giving back and giving back around something that you experienced. And, and interest, one of the things I found really powerful is you were talking about wanting to normalize the conversations around mental health and around suicide, because you mentioned that. You know, as you were going through this, you really didn't have anybody you could talk to. Even with family members, people weren't comfortable talking about it. So this whole idea of normalizing the conversation, I think, is mm-hmm. so, so important. And to talk a little bit about where that light bulb went off for you, that this is this is something that I feel, you know, personally having been through it, that's important to go out and talk to people about.
1: I think the light bulb moment for me is when... um my in-laws decided to tell other the other people that he died of heart attack. Um, oh, wow. instead of telling people that he died uh, of suicide because they didn't want to talk about it. and they didn't want to have questions about it and they didn't want to open th- themselves to a conversation that might be painful. Um, but I have found in my in my life and in my work that the only way to go, um, to get through something is to go directly through it. Mm-hmm. You can't go around it. You can't go over it or under it. You just have to go through, and that's painful. And people will um, do anything to avoid pain. It's it's human nature to to want to avoid pain, um, but it's part of it's part of the process of grieving and also of growing. Gro- growth is painful, but getting to that next level is probably going to be a little painful. <laughs> it's just part of the process, and that's because you're changing and becoming something else. So talking about suicide and talking about mental health, um, it there's such a stigma still around mental health. When, um, when my husband was ill, he didn't have anybody to talk to about it. Um, that, his friends is what I'm saying. Confidants, that he felt like he could— actually tell what was going on I was the only person who really knew what was happening and that's a large a large thing to be carrying around and to have to deal with on my own Um, because then I was also not able to seek support from those people because they didn't know and he didn't want to talk about it because he felt like that was a sign of weakness and the strongest thing you can do is ask for help I mean we all want to keep the people that we love here and they want to be here. They do. Nobody wants to feel like that. And so um, I just think that if um, especially men um, start talking about mental health and suicide, right now the suicide rates for middle-aged men are the highest of any other, any category. Um, so they are really looking for um, connection, and they don't have it. Yeah. And to be able to speak about um, mental health and and suicide awareness – and what we can do to help the men in our lives the women in our lives the children in our lives that are 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 thinking um about that they're, they would be better off to be not here um we can we can change that conversation and there are resources for them to to reach out for help if they want it and
0: do you feel for you that i'm, I'm not saying it would have necessarily changed your husband's trajectory or not mm-hmm. i guess we'll never know uh for you would it sounds like it would have been so much more comforting if you could have had the conversations with somebody uh around, you know around what you were feeling and what was going on do you feel like for your personal journey that would have I mean, I'm, you're doing it now for sure, but mm-hmm. that that period of time when you didn't have that, would it have made a difference for you personally?
1: I don't think for me so much because I did I did speak about it to my friends.
0: Okay, so you did have somebody.
1: Absolutely. I I, I mean, my friends and my family knew what was happening mm-hmm. um, because I there's just no way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that would be a hard thing to be carrying without having an outlet. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. It's like just like any long term chronic illness. Um, you need support, mm-hmm. and you're and you're a caregiver. And being a caregiver is the hardest job. <laughs> and when somebody's been sick for, you know, twenty five years, that's a long time, right? So you ab- you absolutely need to get help, and and ser- and search out people that you can speak to if you're not currently doing so, and ask for help. That's hard. That was that's hard for me. It's been hard for me to ask for help. Um, but I've come to realize that people want to do that. You know, that's part of of being, um, being in a community and being connected to people. Yeah. They really want to help you. Um, and so you ask for help in a way. And if you don't get it from the person you ask, ask somebody else. And ask somebody else. And don't give up. Because some person might not understand what you're saying. And they might not be on that same path with you or on that same level with you or have the empathy that that you might need in that situation. Contact um, a friend that you want to talk to. Go on a chat line. Um, there's so many resources for you to be able to find somebody who's been through or is going through the same kind of thing that you are.
0: So that connection, community, it's so important. Mm-hmm. It really is and And you, I know you speak for Nami, the National association of mental health is is that uh, is that a good resource, or did you find any resources, obviously, you know, friends and mm-hmm. people around your community, which may vary depending on where you are listening to this today. Right. But were there a couple of um resources that you found were more helpful than others, or is it just you just kind of got out there and and found whatever seemed to work?
1: For me, it would just seem to be more of a personal journey, mm-hmm. meaning I wanted to learn everything. <laughs> I wanted to read a lot of books. I wanted to dig deep into how I was feeling. I wanted to think about things. I wanted to process things. I just wanted to see who I really was because I had lost that in mm-hmm. so many ways. Um, so I more internalized what I was going through. I, ha- Of course, I went to counseling. I also you know have seen a therapist, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. my children have. Um, I think if you can go to therapy, I would recommend that because you really do need a, a non-judgmental support system, somebody that can just listen to you, and that's and, and then with a friend or family member, that may not be the case. So a therapist is always a good resource. For that, um, there's also Facebook groups for everything that you could possibly want under the sun. I'm part of uh, widow and widowers groups, um, and people will vent on there about things that they're going through because other people just don't understand. Right. And that that's that's community and that's connection and that's something that you can get on the internet now. Thank goodness mm-hmm. um, that that's available for people that are not maybe necessarily in a metropolitan area, and even in a big metropolitan area, there might not be the resources for something specific that you might need, but you can always reach out to contacts on the internet to see if there's resources available. You know, it, it's also,
0: it It sounds like you have really good conversations with your children too mm-hmm. around this, because it, it would seem that that would be really important for the adult to be able to have the conversation with the children in the family, whether it's uh, for mental illness, it's for suicide, whatever those cases are, because children are trying to understand this. So were you able to always talk with them about it or any tips for you know people out there listening that might be going through a similar thing and have kids and trying to figure out like how do they broach this with their children or how much just should they talk to them about it?
1: Um, I think first you should talk to a therapist about what's what's the best thing to do mm-hmm. with your children because I'm certainly not one <laughs> right. um, but I would say, um, at a certain point in in your children's life, um, they they need to know what's happening because otherwise they they make assumptions about what's happening, mm-hmm. and they may assume something that's completely untrue. Um, so I think it's always important to be clear about what's happening, but to be kind about it, to not put blame on someone else mm-hmm. because of a um, an illness or an addiction or whatever else, you know, they might be going through um, to try to support that person as much as possible. Kids want to help, but they do know what's ha- something's not right.
0: Yeah. They sense. Of course. Yeah. Even at a young age, it's amazing how much kids are like sponges. There's just no doubt. And they come up with these zingers sometimes. It's like, Whoa, yeah, like these really astute observations, even little ones. And you're just like, they really are. Absorbing so much more than we give them credit for,
1: yes, and in my kids, you know, living in a household where you weren't sure you know what was going to be happening when you walked in the door every day, that's stressful mm-hmm. and and that stress has definitely shown itself um, in myself, in my kids. um it's something that we've had to learn a new normal now um because that that's not how it works anymore but it's it's different and you go to your emotional home that might be the place that you have always been in and you think that's where i live that's my emotional place i'm my place of being afraid or thinking you know when is the other shoe going to drop or is my dad going to end up in the hospital or is is there going to be a fight between my parents or you know all of these anxieties of what was continues to kind of bubble up into what is now mm-hmm. and, uh, and and that takes time to kind of process that and to be able to move forward
0: and first, you have to be willing to actually say that there is something going on.
1: right, right.
0: So that's but a first step.
1: That's the first step and and I think if that' was was kind of um, what I think was probably the hardest thing for me and my kids is that um, even though uh, my husband would, you know, go to counseling or go see the doctor or there really wasn't a conversation about that with him because he just could not accept what was happening. He couldn't accept that he had this problem and he couldn't accept that he was anything less than what he wanted to be at that moment, and you know, we all have our illnesses and weaknesses, and and our and our definitely uh, will, for me a deficit would be you know math. Let's say, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, I know that deficit yeah. real well. It's real. I'm just just not a math person. So I mean, but I own that. It's just it's just what it is. Or I might not be able to do something. I might be not be a great speller. Whatever it is. I'm willing to say that's how it is and I'm I'm okay with that and and we're just going to work around it. But it was never really talked about in a way wh- where the whole family was involved. Mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of um y- you know talking about things after they occurred or you know this needs we need to leave dad alone right now or you know sending the kids to another person's house because things weren't great at our house. Um, so it, it you're tr- trying to mitigate risk <laughs> in every possible way, um, for your, for your family. That's a tough, tough place to live.
0: Yeah. And it seems, you know, there, are, there are certain, certain things that we tell different genders, right? Mm-hmm. It, and, you know, girls are taught to be risk adverse and on, but on the flip side for guys, they're, you know, admitting weakness or or lack of strength is so like it's it's so f- frowned upon and packaged into this this box that's probably just as tough to live in for men as some of the things mm. that have been said to women that we're now pushing against right so the ability to to feel okay to admit a weakness, mm-hmm. or to be able to emote some things going on, or to talk to your guy friends. I mean, my women friends, man, without them, uh, you know, I wouldn't have gotten through a lot of stuff. Sure. And they, I'm blessed to have that in my them. life. You need them, but even my husband, who's a really personal, personal guy and has friends, he goes, I just don't do that with my Mm-mm. friends, and he actually admires that. He sees me doing that with the women in my life and the women calling me when they have a problem. But that, you know, when you were talking about that it was hard for your husband to to admit that something was wrong, I mean, we really we make it really tough for guys to admit that something's wrong. Like not not we personally, no, you and I, society. but society. Let me yes. yeah, let me rephrase that. Well, society. Yeah.
1: Let me just say I think vulnerability is the sexiest thing. Right? Ever? Mm -hmm. Let's just start with that. I mean, if you You hear that, guys, (laughs) yeah, be vulnerable. It's sexy. It's so sexy. It it is. Oh my gosh! It totally is. It's it's the best. So, but I would recommend um, to any man um, the Lewis Howes book, The Mask of Masculinity. Mm. Oh my gosh! Wow! I'm I'm getting the goosebumps. It's a fantastic, not long, but very direct read. He was a pro football player. He was sexually abused as a child, oh, wow. um, and he is—he's a man's man, but he breaks it down for you. And if anybody can um, can take take that into to the different masks that men put on for society, and w- why they put them on, and what that does to you, you know, you should be able to be authentic, you know. And that's part of your core values. If you're not being able to be authentic, why? What like? What is stopping you from doing that? What is the fear? There's always a fear, right? Mm-hmm. We were talking about fear the other day. Fear is the greatest uh, deterrent to doing anything. Yeah. And and why?
0: Well, I think at the time we don't even know why we're afraid. You know, mm. if, if, you, if you, to stop and think about it, I think a lot of times – I mean, you know, there's certain things. Okay, if I – jump out of that plane i'm going to be afraid that i smush on the ground that's okay that i i get that yes. <laughs> but a lot of things that we really don't have it's not that cut and dried or that black and white it's actually beliefs it's things that society have told us it's it's fear of disappointing people it's fear of looking strange or different from others right so or of failure and those are things that you have to self examine to as you said you have to stop and think like why am i is this even really fear is it, it it's fear but is it is something really bad going to happen is this really fight or flight or is it merely me brushing up or pushing up against a boundary that somebody else has put there for me or I've sure. put there for myself
1: yeah of of growth you know which is pain, yes. which is painful mm-hmm. and difficult and hard to do like um when i started speaking um for nami i I had thought, you know, maybe I'll join Toastmasters or something. You know, I wanted to learn how to speak in front of people and um, because I thought this was really important for me to talk about. And I thought, you know, I'll just join the Speakers Bureau, and then I'll learn how to speak in front of people. It was trial by fire. You yep. know, there was no, oh, I'm going to plan this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, go through all these different processes. I was just going to go and do it. And if I was a complete failure at it, eh, what? If you don't die, <laughs> I mean, literally. If yeah. you don't die, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? N- no, I mean, really, it's silly to to think about all these like things that we're worried about. It's all about your ego.
0: Yeah, it really. Yeah, that's that's really true. It,
1: There's the nothing else the stopping day, you.
0: Yeah, that you're at the end of the day. So we need a we need uh, a new a new Freudian message about ego. I think you know <laughs> the, the twenty the twenty what are we in the twenty first century.
1: It just doesn't serve you.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. Your ego
1: doesn't serve you yeah. at all. It prote- it protects those things about you that you think that other people think about you when they're really cl- not even thinking about you. Yeah, because <laughs> they're thinking they about care. themselves. You're exactly right. They're thinking right. about themselves. They're thinking about their egos. That's exactly right. <laughs> Nobody actually really cares yeah. what you're wearing, right. how you look, what you're doing, who you're sleeping with. Nobody really cares. Yes,
0: they really, And if they care— pretty bored. They have no life, right? Well,
1: I mean, like, and who cares if they care?
0: Well, and then there's that. That's actually, I think that's even at the heart of it. Who cares? You know, so long as you're not going out of your way to hurt somebody or harm somebody, that most of the, you know, 99% of the day-to-day we do, nobody else is paying that much attention. And if they are, who cares?
1: Yeah, because they're not doing anything anyway. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So this is, I want to just,
0: Come back for a minute to Standard Badge. Mm -hmm. So you move to Maine. You don't know a soul. Mm -mm. Um, You're working through a really, as you said, the most insurmountable grief you've ever been through. You also have your kids working through this. And you come here you immediately start connecting with people and you start Standard Badge, which is so cool. So I want to, before we wrap up, I really want to give some kudos to Standard Badge because I love the products you you have out there. I love the photography and the way that you promote it. As a matter of fact, I, I remember uh, calling and going, are you a branding expert? I just, <laughs> I love the way that you put it out there. So I read, I read about Standard Badge more Um from the standpoint of the purpose of Standard Badge mm-hmm. and the values. But let's tell the listeners exactly what Standard Badge is all about.
1: Standard Badge is is um, what I had created in my mind as a way of people connecting with one another. So you can go on the website, you can pick a t-shirt with your core value, your top core value, whatever that is, and wear it. And start a conversation with somebody about why that's important to you and it really gets down to the nitty-gritty of who you are and um so you can put it on a hat a t-shirt a sweatshirt and wear it around and just kind of promote what's the most important to you what your standard is what your core value is how you want to live your life and i think that anything that we can do to foster connection is is good. And if a t-shirt does it, fantastic. If um, if a website does it, that's great too. But this is just my little bit of trying to get people to connect on a deeper level in their day-to-day interactions. So it's
0: a badge that you're wearing that's a core value icebreaker. Yes. To get conversations started.
1: Yes, yes. And I think it's been really, really fun to see people Wearing the shirts and the react with the reactions they're getting from their friends and their family and from strangers, um, and I think it also has been for me. I see people purchasing something that um, will remind them, like like the sticky note, right? That gives them strength when they're feeling weak. Um, that gives them a sense of purpose when they're not really in a place where they're they're not quite there yet. But they're going towards that, um, so it's it's an, a a really great way for to remind themselves even of what they want for their lives.
0: And they and twenty percent of everything goes to to NAMI, which is yes the National Association of Mental Illness. Mm-hmm. And so twenty percent of all of your uh, your net goes to yes to support that. So again, right from from the value of why you're doing this, the purpose of why you're doing this, the product itself is giving back because it's helping people to start these conversations and to to feel good about who they are and where they're going. And then at the end, you're giving money back. And I just, I love that conscious capitalist model. I love it. You it's, know, it's social enterprise all the way. Now, if a couple of questions for you, okay. Beth, that I like to ask all of the daughters of change that are sitting here in your chair right now. One is, can you think of a time or a specific situation where you faced a challenge along the way or felt vulnerable? Because I, as I said at the beginning, I think sometimes when people you know, hear somebody that's gotten to the point that you're at and they're sitting maybe – they're just starting out – it feels like, well, I'm not going to get there. Um, I have to wait till I'm already at that point before I get started. But we all, we all face some vulnerabilities or some challenges. What would be one that you think would be beneficial for people to hear about and how you overcame it?
1: I think really um, the place of grief that I was in, just getting up and getting out the door every day and interacting with other people. And even now, to be honest, um, every day that I get out, I feel better. Getting out, connecting with people, even in the smallest way—when you're checking out at the grocery store, when you're um, going through the drive-through, and 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 doing little acts of kindness for people while you're doing while you're out in the big, big world—oh my gosh, it's so great! Or seeing a child, you know, and connecting in that way, or seeing a dog—just um, getting out of your head. And into the world will help you tremendously.
0: I like that. And I love random acts of kindness. And those little micro random acts Mm -hmm. of kindness, right? It could be just letting somebody into traffic.
1: Absolutely. Right?
0: So it's like, it it doesn't mean you have to go and give somebody a million dollars. I mean, that's cool too if you want to do that. That's fine. Actually, if you want to, Beth and I will do some. (laughs) (laughs) And the other, okay, another question, what is your best Piece of advice, mm. just whether it's life, whether it's around business, but the the best piece of advice that you'd like to offer up to the daughters of change that are out there listening today,
1: <sighs> that there's going to be, if there hasn't already, be a time in your life where you're really afraid. Um, it could be a because of a loss, it could be because of a disappointment in your life, um, and you you might not be sure how you're going to move forward, but you know that you need to move forward. Um, and this this is really an opportunity for you. This is the opportunity you've been waiting for, right? This is the time where you can go out and change your beliefs and make your life whatever you want it to be. It's time to be vulnerable. It's time to do your work, to decide what's important to you, find your passion, and to go all in, no matter if it's a relationship or a job or Whatever it is that makes you happy, just, just go all in, and then you won't have any regrets.
0: Beautifully said. Thank you. Now, also, as, as important, mm-hmm. at least for the mission of what I'm trying to do here with Daughters of Change, is how do we connect and support you?
1: Supporting me would really be to be talking with one another about mental health to talking to your friends, if you own a business, to speak to your employees about um, the fact that they won't be penalized if they need to take a mental health day, (laughs) to be able to encourage your friends and family members and partners to ask for help when they need it, because we all need help sometimes. It's just part of life. And it helps People more than you will ever know to just ask them what they need um, and how you can support them, and then also if you need help, to ask for it and to remember that um, there's there's going to be uh, somebody there for you. Um, it might not be the person you think it is. It might not be that person that you had counted on, but somebody else is going to come in and fill that place. I can guarantee it. It's just the way the world works. So. Ask for help when you need it and be vulnerable and, uh, and just keep talking about mental health with one another and give back when you can. Thank you
0: for listening to this week's episode of the Daughters of Change podcast. To learn more about today's guest or any of our previous guests, you can visit daughtersofchange.com forward slash podcast. You can connect with Daughters of Change on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by searching those platforms for Daughters of Change. If you are a Daughter of Change yourself and would like to appear on the show, send me an email at marie at daughtersofchange.com. Thanks again for taking the time to listen today. Take care.